0: This podcast contains explicit content
1: A hardly focused production
0: This podcast is hardly focused And it gets significantly more vulgar Knock knock, who's there, took a tree. Sex. Part of the Solid Listen Podcast Network Hey, that's something everyone can enjoy Hey, you fired up? Dissecting the news one tangent at a time When there's nothing left to burn You have to set yourself on fire
2: everybody we are hardly focused we are part of the solid listen podcast network you can find our show at hardlyfocused.com. we are on your favorite podcast app we're on youtube just search for hardly focused Uh, my name is jack gill and joining me for this episode uh for the first time on the solid listen podcast network chris froment hey what's up welcome to the network sir Oh, it's glad. I'm glad to be here, honestly. Uh, before I jump into who you are and what you bring to this fine program, I have two things I want to mention very quickly because if I don't do it now, I'm going to forget. Uh, first, I co-hosted a podcast recently. Uh, I co-hosted Mother May I Sleep With podcast right here on the Solid Listen Podcast Network. I did that with Molly McAleer. Uh, in uh, our episode, we discuss... The Law & Order special Victims Unit episode Pure from uh, season six all the way back to season six of that show is uh, fro you, as you might know, that show has been on the air for about 45 years now. Yep. <laughs> Does not end. <laughs> so we went back to season six. Uh, the episode's called Pure. It features a terrifying performance by Martin Short, along with the late Mary Mara. Uh, So you can get that episode of Mother May I Sleep With podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And just like Hardly Focused, it is part of the Solid Listen podcast network. And also, uh, we, meaning this show, recorded our first episode exclusively for the Solid Listen Patreon. Uh, Solid Listen has a Patreon. Uh, You can subscribe for $1 a month. Just a dollar a month, and you can get uh, this episode, not the one you're listening to right now, the one that I'm promoting. Uh, it's the only place you can hear it. It's not even available on our uh, hardlyfocused.com website. So, uh, Ak, myself, Nate Fillers, effectively, it was an installment of the Ack and Jack show, uh, but we discussed, among other things, the new Metallica album that dropped the day we recorded that episode. And then we also talked about legend, uh, the, the Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, uh, which comes out on May twelfth, and uh, fro there's a chance that I will ask and talk to you about both of those things during this episode. So very nice um, for for those who uh, haven't subscribed to the Solid Listen Patreon. Well, you should again one dollar a month, not a bad deal. But uh, you're gonna get the uh, possibly a free version of that discussion uh, anyway. But uh Yeah, there we go. Uh, Fro, you and I have known each other. I think of everybody here on, on the podcast, uh, you and I go back the farthest. Oh, yeah. Was it first grade? Jeez. First grade. I distinctly remember you and I getting paired up to do something, some mundane class project that only first graders could do, like name all the major and minor cities in Mongolia. Naturally. And uh, yeah, you and I were paired up. And I remember when that announcement was made, you turned, looked at me and you gave me a high five and you said, partners till the end. I I don't know if that's quotable, but I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) I distinctly remember this, man. I really do. I remember even where (laughs) we were sitting in that, that dank little classroom in our elementary school.
3: Oh, yeah, good times back then.
2: The roof of which we, uh, as teenagers, then climbed and tried to ride our bikes
3: on. I mean, it had to be done. And we failed miserably at it because then the cops were called. Failed miserably, broke your bike. I'm
2: glad I broke my bike and not any bones. I saved that until I was 33. <laughs> it's always the first time, right? Uh, There always is a first time. But uh, So that's uh, how far back we go, and uh, you've been part of the show pretty much since it started, uh, give or take a few years. And uh, thanks to the power of technology, thanks to the pandemic,
3: um, you're recording from the comfort of your own villa. Oh, yes. Only my actual job could be so remotely done.
2: They still, me- oh, I I know, like, I I guess it makes sense for your field, but, like, they still make you go in frequently? Like, you can't do, like, four days at home and one on site?
3: Um, There's been talk of that, and I, I personally have argued for at least three days remote because I go into the office and I sit in a chair and I, I don't move from the chair. Everything I do is still remotely. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay. But, you know, part of being... I guess the uh, tech lead for the the campus is uh, being there to give everyone else direction and uh, some of the other guys there like to be on site. You know, they don't home is home is not where they like to do work, I guess. Would you whatever makes them happy?
2: Would you argue there's too many distractions in the workplace?
3: Oh, my gosh. Yes. I go in with a task and, and I have like one hour in the morning that I can get like something scheduled done. And beyond that, I'm basically just pulled in 50, 60 different directions. I know what that feeling is like. And that's
2: working from home. I like, I, I, Mike, the the company for which I work, which will remain unnamed. And I, I will give you the same respect with yours um, is a hundred percent remote. So it's like it just it it's exhausting for the mind to have to go through something like that every day where you're just like email after email about something different. It's never the same subject. It's never the same project. And it's too much mental stress to have to sit and try to triage it, you know, like sit and be right. like, OK, what 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 of the. Of the four emails I got, there are about four different things. Which one of these is the most important and which one can I conveniently
3: forget about until tomorrow when I'm reminded about it? I'm usually trying to figure out which one I care enough to even reply to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, oh, all right, only only half of these are getting replied to today. Everybody else needs to wait.
2: Now, you, uh, you still live very close to your
3: uh, office, right? Oh, yeah. Incredibly convenient. I mean, I, and one of the other arguments I've had is like, listen, I can be at home. And then when something comes up that requires my presence, I I will be there in seven minutes. Like, (laughs) I can't imagine a better response time than that. I've had to wait longer for fast food. Like, and that's an increase to your commute too,
2: because there was a period of time where it was like less than five, wasn't it?
3: Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, And despite having a bike, I still did not ride my bike to work. It's, you know, it's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be healthy. Wow, that hill took me four whole minutes. I don't really (laughs) think I want to keep going. (laughs) Now, where now this is going to make
2: sense to absolutely nobody listening to this episode. But, you know, I obviously grew up in the same town and you live in that town. And where you live, yes, you can bike to where it is you work. But it is not an easy ride.
3: No, it's basically, I mean... it's gonna make myself sound aged i guess but uphill both ways it truly is well there's there's ways you can take where there's no traffic but
2: a lot of hills right and then there's i would argue probably the most direct way but the chances of you getting hit by a truck go up tenfold
3: yep a truck a suv i used to maybe maybe even the police themselves <laughs> it's like nobody's they're they're all just flying speed limit 30 yeah that's a joke i mean you're like going 55 Back
2: in high school, you and I used to do that walk uh, every day,
3: and it was pretty much playing Frogger. Yep. Dude, the, oh, the bridge near your old house, that death trap for, for even cars going over it, let alone a human that's about to get, like, mushed between the guardrails.
2: It's still a death trap after all these years. You think, I mean, they've done so much work around that area, you think they'd at least then go to that bridge and be
3: like, you know what makes sense here? A sidewalk yeah something you know especially where you can't just walk around the bridge unless you feel like treading through a lake
2: <laughs> I'll I'll make this the last uh, towny reference here but I was driving through town the other day drove by my parents street the uh, entrance to the trail that you and I always used to hike
3: yep. what the hell there's houses there now every square inch God. the whole you know we're turning into a true city suburb god that's depressing because that, that was just woods yeah that's the thing yeah it's not like it was some old abandoned lot that we could turn to gerald's field or something like that <laughs> it was like you know straight woods and and a budding already like put aside conservation land yeah like if you were going to ever expand the trail system that that idea is gone now i like, think you cannot like now there's 50 houses Starting at like one point four million because you know everything's totally affordable for a human. Oh my god, yeah, that's so. Uh, god, that infuriates me. It really does. Just like
2: closing my eyes and think because that's like the it's the opening to that trail. What they call it, they call that a trailhead, right? Yeah. So you're just you're walking into the woods and then right as you're as you go in, it's like it's it starts off very compact because there's brush there, right? And that sort of sets the tone for how the hike is going to go and i imagine none of that is there now i imagine it's some jabroni's backyard
3: it's literally it you go right up until their backyard like you can you could fling you know feces your yeah your dog's <laughs> poop into their backyard with no effort whatsoever i think and i'm, I'm gonna do the do that. whole area's water runoff goes directly over the trail so oh. now every time it rains you, you're literally going through like a of water oh, that's because inferior. it's so close to the pond it just they just drain all the whatever they're going to put there into the pond yeah
2: yeah i to i guess help visualize it the trail largely follows uh a river that cuts through the center of town and it used to be just woods uh woods as far as the eye can see and then now uh there's there's just uh, homes new homes popping up everywhere developments everywhere yeah. and I guarantee you uh, I don't know anything about it. I haven't even looked. I haven't driven up the, the street. I haven't looked at the sign yet, but I guarantee you it's got like some that street. It's got some stupid ass name
3: like Pleasantville Court Sunflower <laughs> I actually, Circle. I don't know what that one's called. I know the other one they're building on the other old trails we used to hang out on. Um, I think it's called uh, something like Pine Hills
0: Oh, Jesus but the irony Christ. is they've
3: gotten rid of the pines. <laughs> it's, it's just a dirt mound now. God, that's infuriating. I, I you know I wish
2: I had naming rights. I wish I had naming rights for the this one neighborhood specifically right at that trailhead because I would call it stupid piece of shit neighborhood road. <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now because thanks to the power of uh, technology. Holy shit, is this is this development so new that there's not even a. Uh,
3: not even on the map yet oh i'm sure yeah the, wow they just put that up real fast it's amazing how fast they can put up houses i gotta say uh the now
2: the development farther up my parents street is called elm rock drive garbage <laughs> <laughs> they all have dumb it's it's either just stupid condescending names or and i can never pronounce the name of it but it's like two words it's starting to like portmanteau or, or i it's it's like two words combined to make a new word. Coke and Mentos Drive. <laughs> Coke and Skittles Drive. Ooh, there we go. That's what I want to try. <laughs> peanut M and M's Boulevard, <laughs> or is uh, uh, we had in our in our hometown Peanut Allergy Boulevard, aka Nutter Way. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to name. I, I mean, I half named the kid, but imagine imagine your last name is Nutter and you have a peanut allergy.
3: The, there's irony there. There's irony there. It's just, you know, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a card you're drawn at that point. Yeah. You know? I hope not that, like you were. It's not like you were named viciously by your parents. It's just like, well, what the heck? What are the odds?
2: I hope that kid is doing well. I hope he's healthy. But he just even. I hope he just laughs at it. I hope he does. He was OG. Yeah, this kid that we we grew up yeah. with, and his last name was Nutter, but he was the OG peanut allergy. Now it's commonplace, but back then this kid was incredibly common. This kid was so special. He had signs posted all over our cafeteria that were like,
3: do not feed this kid peanuts. <laughs> but they never banned it. Which they never is, did. They they, they did. relied on us being somewhat responsible. Okay, do you have hands full of peanut butter? Yeah, do not shake that child's hand.
2: As, as far as I know, he never had an issue with it, at least in school. Right. So uh, he had
3: that going for him. But yeah, I hope he's... Uh,
2: Hope he's well it was in it. the
3: age of EpiPen. So it wasn't like there was no recourse. Like, oh, starts closing. Drag him up back. Throw him, in the, throw him in the pond. Despite his allergy, he grew up to be a football star, at least in our high school. Yeah, that's true. He did well there for himself. Um, I mean, it's not like he had asthma or anything, just. No, I mean yeah, it's, that's a what fan threw like a, a nutter butter at him. You'd have a hard
0: time. <laughs> that <just>
2: sucks. <laughs> God, that sucks. That's just the worst last name to have in that for for that case. I mean, it's like that's like uh, when your last name is Bowser and you both take over as CEO of Nintendo and then get arrested and
3: sent to jail for hacking into Nintendo. <laughs> Sometimes the names are just yeah, they're your destiny, right? Everyone had Smith back in the day of blacksmiths and well, I guess Nutter, (laughs) Nutter developed an analogy and And Bowser Bowser developed a a craze for a large corporation. (laughs) Bowser,
2: somehow both the hero and the villain.
3: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So
2: speaking of homes, you, you, you gave me and again, the town in which we grew up, uh, you gave me the go ahead for this. So if I may ask you uh, what happened with your
3: house? Oh my gosh. I decided, you know, my birthday was recently, and I decided, oh, I'm going to go camping for a couple weeks, right? It's just before the actual season starts, so there's, like, nobody there, right? It's a little bit chilly, but that's okay. I got a hot tent. Camping is wonderful, but, you know, when I'm camping, I don't have reception. I don't go, to, you know, the whole idea is that my phone is dead to me, right? Electronics are dead to me. Um, and, you know, we come back after a nice couple days, and, uh, you know, the second we hit the highway, you get phone reception, and my phone starts yeah, you know, going crazy. And that's fine, right? I'm just looking through. It's all the happy birthday messages, et cetera, et cetera. And uh of course there's the neighbor who has a four paragraph text saying, Hey, um, your house is uh almost broken into. And I'm like, Oh, hmm. Do I even believe that? This lady, you know, <laughs> you know, like I was I'm not gonna lie, I was skeptical at first. I was like, What? Like, no, like wouldn't the condo association email us? Wouldn't the cops try to give me a call? No, no, nope. 3 a.m. Some sketchy hoodlums, uh, in bright neon hoodies, allegedly, uh, not the best color for robbing into things, yeah, right? <laughs> like, let's just go over there wearing our highway visibility apparel, and no one will think, so, you know, <laughs> it's so we and, can
2: see each other if we get separated, <laughs>
3: right? We need to know where we ran. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, my neighbor goes to walk her dog at like two thirty in the morning and sees these people. Of course, gets super spooked because she knows we're on vacation for a few days and calls the uh, the local law enforcement, who send just about every cruiser under the sun um, because there's not much else going on at two thirty in the morning. So, and in the
2: small town which we grew grew up, uh, every cruiser in town that's like four four of them. Yeah,
3: (laughs) exactly right. So I mean, but they didn't get in. Uh, I mean, I have cameras inside. Nothing was disturbed or anything like that. My doors are, you know, we're all locked and no forced attempt entry. So I, I don't know if they just got caught at the right, you know, time or they really just sucked as criminals. I'm I'm almost leaning towards the second half of that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. So a little bit of stress on my way home. And I was like, ah, oh, boy, like, but at the same time, it's like it says attempted. And that's, that's a key word there, right? attempted break in. Okay, cool. Like now is it anyone that you suspect no, I, mean, I don't post that. I go on vacation or anything like that. I, honestly, I didn't even tell my mother in this time. If I had died in the woods somewhere, I would have been quite some time before anyone found me. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, the only thing I could think of is, you know, maybe it was some sort of inside job with one of the delivery drivers or something like that. But, you know, there's no proof of that. That's just pure skepticism, right? Like, oh, hey, I see this dude packing over here. Like. <laughs> better call it the boys, they'll give me a commission if they get in, but you know, that, that's like I said, I don't believe that to be the case, that's just like the only thing I can really think of would even you know, make sense unless it was random, which it could be you know, we're on the we're on an edge unit and it's uh, pretty dark in the back and I guess that's where they tried to go because there's a super bright light you know, street light directly out front of my door to the point where I have to actually like close my, you know, shades at night because it will like blind me um, and uh, yeah uh, but they didn't get in. It was cool. Now, now I'm considering buying even more cameras. Tomorrow. Yeah, that, that was one of my questions is, do you have at the very least a ring camera? Not a ring. No, I, I have a some other off-brand uh, camera that records to the cloud. So even if they were in there and they decided to try to ruffle it all up, it'll already be uploaded at that point. So And sends me notifications, of course, but... I wouldn't have actually gotten those notifications being out of reception. So
2: Sure, yeah. Do you think criminals these days know, do, do they plan for a home to have cameras? Because they're so, like a home security system, a home surveillance system is not like a thing that only rich people have. They're right, so yeah. affordable now. It's You, you got to take into account that the house that you're breaking into has this, and you will likely
3: be caught on it doing it. Right, right. And Uh, potentially put on TikTok for everyone to see and laugh at. Now, are yours clandestine, at least? Like, uh, are they are they visible or can Um, they're visible if you're looking, but they're kind of hidden, not on purpose. But like, you know, we got a lot of like flower pots and stuff like that. So it just happens to be like nestled in between them. So if you're looking in the right spot, you'll see it. But realistically, you're probably not going to see it. And that's a relatively safe neighborhood. It is. It's it's crazy. Who tries to rob a condo complex that has like the nosiest of neighbors? I mean, I literally have neighbors that will complain if like, you know, someone's like walking their dog too loudly near their window. So <laughs> I mean, like I can't imagine that, you know, and there's so many other houses nearby that are far more isolated. It's like, why choose why choose such a public area? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um now
2: Ack used to live in that neighborhood. He doesn't anymore. His parents no longer live in
3: that neighborhood.
2: I don't recall them ever having an issue like this.
3: They did have the alarm system, though.
2: They did. Yeah.
3: Well, there's uh, all the
2: families that lived around them, too. I I just it's so weird that 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 would happen now. Right. Because it's just I mean, that's one reason I always enjoyed Axe. We used to spend every weekend at Axe Place. Oh, yeah. And and one reason I enjoyed it is because it just it felt safe. It really just felt safe, and like, yeah, there was just there was no reason to be ever like be afraid. Like right. you know, you can leave your car unlocked around there. Right?
3: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the whole area, you know, uh, well lit, lots of people. You know, it's it's not in like a bad neighborhood or anything like that. You know, just kind of interesting to to see. And you know, it's not easily like walk toable either, you know, to, to the point there isn't sidewalks. Like you, like we were saying earlier, like the roads in that town are a death trap almost by design. So, I mean, it's just, how do you even get there? You have to walk from somewhere, it's right? Near know, the train or and like that. So it's gotta be some, you know, I, I'm just assuming some stupid teenagers or, or young adults that are too dumb to, to realize that it, there's a lot more lucrative ways to make money <laughs> in the world than, uh, doing well, things that put you in prison. Well, remember, no one wants to work anymore. It's so. true. Yeah, I mean, I just so much avocado toast. I can't even.
2: <laughs> uh oh, by the way, I feel like I am a terrible friend because I don't think I I articulated this, but uh happy birthday.
3: Oh, thanks, man. No, it's all right. <laughs> At this point, you know, you start getting old enough and you're like, ah, crap, I'm older now. I have I I this sucks. This I've, is no longer fun. I'm no longer getting cake. <laughs> candles, although I did actually get cake for my birthday. Uh, we cooked cake in oranges. Interesting. You hollow. Yeah, you can do it on a campfire. If you hollow out the orange, you know, not entirely, just hollow it out with a spoon, throw a little bit of cake batter in there, and then wrap it in tinfoil, put the top back on, right? Like, so you kind of cut off the top like a pumpkin or whatever, scoop that out, and just throw it on the fire with the tinfoil around it for 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that. And uh it will actually bake a very delicious orange infused cake. Ooh, that sounds great. Came out amazing. I was very shocked for such a like rudimentary, just like, hey, here's some oranges. Here's fire. Go <laughs> at it. <laughs> uh, was it uh now did you say if, if you said this,
2: I it went completely over my head, but chocolate? Yes. Well, yeah, chocolate cake. Chocolate yeah. and oranges, two unlikely bad fellows. What a pair. There's oh, nothing yeah, better the than world. chocolate and orange together. Like just yeah, even definitely even, one of my favorites. Even just like orange slices, just like dipped in fudge. Oh, that's so good. Uh, oh, by the way, did you get the uh the the sign that I sent you in the post? Uh, no. Oh well, you can put it. It's like one of those ones you can put out in a giant flower pot if you have one that you put out in front oh, of your nice. house. Yeah, the sign says, "Please rob me." <laughs> just jeez! <laughs> i set you up for that
0: <laughs> you looked yep, up your I ear- walked right
2: into it like ah uh, did i like, <laughs> Looking around like did you send me something oh I've, i immediately felt bad because i saw your ears perk up and i'm like oh no
3: <laughs> you <laughs> sent me a gift this is great <laughs> he believed me <laughs> i just did a great
2: impression of my mother for the first 18 years of my life <laughs> happy birthday jack do you want to know what i got you nothing it's
3: a big old box of disappointment, son, just like you give me.
2: <laughs> well, I'm sorry that happened to you. Uh, glad you got to go camping now. Um,
3: yeah. Yeah. camping was great.
2: And I, and I hope for uh, reasons that it was a good birthday.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Plenty, plenty of good birthday times. Nice. But again, no harm, no foul. Nobody actually got in in the house. So, Yep. And And they're going to have a hard time with, you know, a child coming to see any of us outside of the house from now on. So chances of the house will be uh, gone is or empty, I should say, is pretty slim. I'm sorry. A what? Uh, Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. A child. (laughs) One of those things.
2: Yes. Congratulations. I don't. That has not been uttered
3: yet. uh, Yeah, you're right. crap. So, yeah, it's just it's just my reality now. getting the nursery all set up. Daily Amazon deliveries of, of various baby goods. Do you, uh,
2: I, I guess I don't have to edit that part out of the show now. It's I guess oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to get to the point where people are going to look at me and be like, look, I have two questions and w- one of them is going to insult you. And the other one is probably going to insult you. So
3: like, she's just a raging alcoholic with a swelling liver. Uh, not, not pregnant. No, <laughs> <laughs> damn, you're big, big girl. Uh,
2: well, that's, yeah, no, that's mind blowing. Because it's like, it's one thing to just be acquainted with people and it's not family and then they have kids. And it's another thing to be very close with someone and then they have kids. And then especially like our age too,
3: just realizing, wow, we are, we're old. Yep. Yep. It's officially there. And like, you know, it's like, oh man, it's like, I couldn't live the good life forever. It was going to happen one way or another.
2: Well, I truly hope that 15 years from now, uh, your child and their friend are biking around town and
3: trying to hoist said bikes uh, upon the roof of the elementary school. Oh, yes. They'll probably be like electric bikes with hovering capabilities (laughs) and other cool things like hover skateboards and and really reflective jackets. I really hope that (laughs) (laughs) just goes back to the 80s, just slowly regress, you know, kind of like bell bottoms coming back up. It's literally just back to the future part two. <laughs> In the near future of
2: 2015. Yeah, right. Uh yeah, I uh I, I hope that when they are teenagers that they are setting fire to shopping carts full of brush. And ca-
3: cascading them down the various hills <laughs> of the oh, town.
2: Boy, how did we get away with that? How were we <laughs> so lucky? Especially since like our area's been getting those red flag warnings lately. Yeah. So yeah I
3: mean,
2: yeah that, that <laughs> we would were just that would be bad, <laughs> <laughs> so Presley,
3: many good times, Surprisingly, never actually started a wildfire in town, but that's that, why you don't sell lighters to children under eighteen
2: now, uh, when is uh little fro due late July I'm like july twenty fourth okay, do we know yep. is it is it a little fro or a froette Froette? oh shit, yep. yep. Oh, so yeah, I don't think she's going to be trying to hoist a bicycle on top of her elementary school's roof.
3: Probably not, but maybe you never know.
2: Damn. I can only hope that, that, that little girl is going to have quite the goatee.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Strong beard that you can really grab onto. (laughs) Okay.
2: Uh, my producer is telling me it's time to take a break. Uh, so, uh, when we return, uh, The Dalai Lama's in the news.
3: Yeah, the Dalai Lama's in the (laughs) news. (laughs) That wasn't a soundbite. That was actual. That's that's really (laughs) a (laughs) reaction.
2: Okay, okay. I'm hitting the button. I'm doing it. All right. Uh, We will return. Thank you. Stick around. You know what happens when you leave a pound of raw hamburger meat in, in a car in the
0: summertime? You are listening to Hardly Focused.
1: Are you ready to shop?
0: That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind.
3: This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the
0: Egg Cream. So if you like funny, true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Solid Listen Podcast Network. You are listening to Hardly Focused. It sucks.
3: And I'm from New Orleans, so this really
0: sucks. Hear more at HardlyFocused.com.
2: Hey, we're Hardly Focused. Jack Gill, Chris Froman. You can get us at HardlyFocused.com and on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. And we're part of the Solid Listen Podcast Network, uh, pro and Just because we live in Massachusetts. Did you
3: uh, happen to pay attention at all to the Boston Marathon? Because I sure didn't. Uh, nope, nope. I paid zero attention to it. Uh, I know there's a movie coming out. I know there's some sort of like anniversary of it. It's kind of weird that we have an anniversary of such a thing. But you know, hey,
1: well, the an- what it
2: is. The anniversary of the bombing in 2013 at the Boston Marathon. Um, there was a documentary that came out recently about that where the I know that I I caught a glimpse of it because Becky was watching it and it's got uh, like the the guy that was in. I'm going to sound like a terrible Bostonian here. I think he was the police chief. I think like either Watertown or Boston. Uh, Not only does the guy look like I mean, the guy's just frightening. He just looks frightening looking (laughs) and he's got he's just such a stare of such a Boston stereotype like all the all the authority figures in Boston at that time in 2013 you knew it you knew it was Boston because they all had the thickest Boston accents
3: oh my gosh yes and even constant updates on the news yeah and that's one everyone to remain
2: inside we're gonna bring we, we bring these people to Josh Dish this is your shitty. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Ortiz, Big Poppy, David Ortiz, uh, was all over the news too because of his uh impromptu "This is our fucking city" speech. Uh, yeah, coming up on the anniversary of that as well. Um, and then uh, we're also coming up on the anniversary of the first time that uh Boston had to be locked down. The first time we had to do a shelter in place before COVID made it cool. (laughs) Yeah. Before there was just a norm. I man, everyone's
3: shelter in place. We're already there.
2: I remember driving in the work that day. It was the, it was that Thursday or that Friday, whatever day that uh, I think it was that Friday. It was whatever day that the Watertown was locked down and Boston was locked down and there was nobody on the road. There's absolutely zero traffic. And I just remember seeing helicopters, like just nothing but helicopters. Once you got, as you're driving down the Mass Pike and once you get to like Framingham, helicopters everywhere. Like this was like a a large scale manhunt that was happening. It was just so surreal. And a friend of mine that I worked with at the radio station, I remember he had left Boston, but had came back to visit that week. And uh, he was staying with friends in Watertown. I remember shooting him a message and saying, hey, uh, do you want to get together while you're up here? Do you want to hang out? And he's like, hey, man, I'd love to, but I literally can't leave my house right now. Like, <laughs> like the, 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 there's SWAT teams out in my backyard. Like I can't leave. Literally can't leave. And then you're sending me pictures. I'm like, holy shit, dude. You're right there.
3: Yep. Like, right in it. In the yeah, think of it
2: right where it's happening. And then uh, a couple of years later, there's that movie Patriot's Day that's got Marky Mark. Yep. Yep. And uh, this I forgot other, about
3: that movie, actually. Wow.
2: Well, this other guy that I work with has a story in which uh, now when they were filming that movie, they couldn't film in Watertown. The city of Watertown, for obvious reasons, told them, no, you cannot recreate the capture of Sarnayev. You, you go film somewhere else. Plenty of other- green screens for a reason, guys. <laughs> go go to Vancouver. Uh, plenty of other cities in in Massachusetts. So you're, just, you're not doing it in Watertown. So they went to, I uh, believe they went to Dorchester, which is south of Boston. And this guy I used to work with it was, it was telling me how he's just sitting at home. It's like a Saturday or a Sunday. He's just sitting in his living room. And then he hears this commotion outside, and he looks out the window, and he just sees like a bunch of SWAT team members, and a bunch of police cars, and there's like yellow tape everywhere and he's just like, "Oh no, it's happening again." <laughs> Guess they forgot to tell him
3: they were filming the movie in his backyard. Good god. Guy got caught in a boat, all the things. Mm. Old man's like, "Motherfucker, rip my boat cover." Uh, Kate works with uh the daughter
2: of that guy, really? yeah, wow. that, uh, I believe that his name is Henny Henneberry. He passed away a few years ago, but yeah, Kate works with his uh, his daughter. So, um, she has not pressed the girl for any questions, any 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 insider information. Hey, was it like when they found the terrorist in the, in your boat? I don't I don't I don't think they're they're cool enough yet where she can start uh,
3: asking those tough questions. I certainly would ask. Oh yeah, I want to know. I'm curious if they took the boat or not. Like, is that evidence? Can like, what if I want to go out on the water the next day and it's like, ah, oh, well, that's right, my boat has got 17 pounds of yellow tape on it. Uh, I know there was blood all over it.
2: I mean, were it True. were it me, I would never clean it. I mean, if I so was allowed to keep it,
3: <laughs> chip it off the boat and sell it on eBay.
2: That's what I would do. No, I would just, I would, I would sell the boat as is and just say, hey, this has Serenaya's blood on it. That'll make you a lot of money. Good. It's seriously, there are fucking freaky people out there that, that oh, yeah. will, will buy that shit. I mean, There's a
3: weird consumer for just about every conceivable item. I can't, like, random girls' bathwater, you got it.
2: Yeah. It's always like YouTubers, right? Or Twitch streamers. Mm-hmm. Uh, used underwear, you can get that in vending machines in Japan.
3: They get everything in vending machines in Japan. <laughs> everything. <laughs> They're well, like, we don't want to be, No, nobody's a store clerk over there. And they're like, no, no, no. I'm replacing myself with a vending machine. That is. Works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just need some maintenance once in a while. Restock it. Done. That's
2: a culture that I'm just very fascinated with because they're, they're, they're just walls of them out there and they have like every conceivable product
3: within them. Some of them are pretty complex, too. I mean, they'll make you, like, soup, crack an egg on top. You know, like, over here, we've got, like, the fresh orange, orange maker, and that's, like, the most complex vending machine I've ever seen. And, like, over there, they've just got, like, everything. Like, oh, here, here's a baby changing station that will change the baby for you. Just insert baby. I don't (laughs) actually know if that's true, but... (laughs) No, that would be... That's
0: absolutely something (laughs) they would do in
3: Japan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I one day I'd like to get out to Japan. I mean, I, I want to make it a point to actually like become familiar with the language first, uh, but I do actually want to go out to Japan and I, I really just want to do a vending machine tour. And I also want to like go, cause you you see this on Reddit. There's like hiking trails that yes. there will be just vending machines on these trails, which means it's some, <laughs> yep. guy, it's some guy's job to hike <laughs> up this trail just to stock it. Vending machines on the way to Mount Fuji. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And uh I I forget the name. It's not seven eleven, but there's a brand of um like it's like an English convenience store and they're everywhere out there. Probably mm. about as common as seven eleven is out, you know, where we live. And but they're English? It's got like an English name. It's it's um I guess like if you want to go back to I guess like the colonial era, it's like a holdover of that. <laughs> but it's cool. Because uh, convenience stores are massive out in Japan, and I only know that because of the video game series Yakuza. But, of course, but uh, yeah, there are vid- uh, uh, convenience stores and vending machines, and um, also uh, lunch is very big out there too, like bento boxes, all those things. Yes, like you need to pe- like because I one of my favorite anime is Neon Genesis Evangelion, and There's, like, multiple episodes where people just say, hey, did you eat your lunch today? Where are you eating lunch? Did you bring your lunch? Like, they're just obsessed with it out there. Man, half the time I don't even take lunch. Yeah, same here. I also had sushi for dinner, too, so I'm just, I'm all about it right now. (laughs) He's living the culture. Wasn't really, I mean, I don't know. (sighs) Yeah, it was sushi, but it was a California roll, which is just like fish. I was, like le- was going
3: to say it's like the least sushi sushi you could <laughs> possibly get.
2: <laughs> oh, OK. So you know how like I have had a shrimp allergy my whole life.
3: I mean, sure. OK, well, I, a- I, I remember it. I don't know if any of our listeners had any idea. So it's news to them. OK, well, uh, I have
2: had an allergy to shellfish my whole life because every time I've had shrimp uh, every time I've had lobster, every time I've had scallops, I've gotten violently ill. And I just... Uh, okay, I have to be allergic to it because this is not a normal reaction. Well, uh, that, that's that been uh, quashed. Really? I was a stupid asshole. And I went to market basket, bought some shrimp. And I thought it said spicy tuna. and said no. How do you screw those words up? <laughs> I have this... Uh, I'm dude. I broke my hand on a door. Like
3: <laughs> you can't use that as an excuse. Your eyeballs are both there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just
2: going I'm just exemplifying how dumb I am. Um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, yeah, It it, I looked at the label after I ate half the package and said, Oh, uh, it says, it doesn't say spicy tuna. It says shrimp tempura. Like, mm. all right. And I, and I looked at Becky and I said, all right, we'll start the clock. Cause I'm sure I'm going to start puking this up soon um never did nice and then i finished it the next day i had half the other half the package just to test i'm like well maybe i got lucky like no maybe i've been fine this whole time and it was just every single time i had shellfish as a kid it was just
3: bad i mean i wouldn't be surprised we're not that far away from the coast but we're not that close either
2: dude there's nothing worse than like living in new england living in boston and just being under the guise that you can't eat seafood that 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 it'll kill you. Like if, I've always said, like if I walk into like illegal seafood and they ask me what I want, I'm like I'll have the chicken, and then <laughs> and then they they're like, okay, you may leave. The door that way. <laughs> so uh, I can, uh, yeah. Apparently, I can do it. So nice. Well, speaking of uh, overseas and in that neck of the woods, not Japan, but I guess Tibet. Uh, The Dalai Lama made the news recently because he told a little
3: boy to suck his tongue. Yeah, it's one of those things. uh, You really, you know, like (laughs) you you might think there's some sort of like spiritual meaning behind it. No, no, it's just weird. (laughs) The dude is just being weird. You can't. Nope. Yeah, that, there's nothing spiritual uh, about sucking the Dalai Lama's tongue, <laughs> aside from saying you did it. I guess. I mean, if you're if you're looking for a checkbox on the bucket list, well, there you go. I sucked the Dalai Lama's tongue. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, it's it's a little disturbing that he's 87 years old. It's much more disturbing that a child was involved. And I don't know if you've seen the video of it. I watched the video and the dude, like, Dali, oh, I didn't see the actual video. The Dalai Lama's just got a shit grin on his face while he's saying it. When he well, says he it usually
3: does. Yeah. It's like, isn't that like half his mantra is just like, he's got that grin. That's just like, Hmm, like that's almost a punchable face, but and he's looked identical
2: too. that's the thing. He's looked the same for the last like 30 years. Uh, spiritual enlightenment.
3: It'll do that to you. Uh,
2: so this is coming from insider.com. A top Tibetan leader says the Dalai Lama asking a child to suck his tongue in a controversial now viral video was, quote, innocent, and that the actions of the Buddhist high priest were misinterpreted. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you could misinterpret that. Hey, little boy, suck my tongue. Oh, I know what he meant. (laughs) No. (laughs) Of course. No, there's no double There's no. There's no double meaning. There's no double intention. It's exactly what it... Uh, it's exactly as it sounds. Uh, and it's like, it's like if people were saying that like Jared Fogle, not to, I don't want to compare Do- Dolly Lama to Jerry Fogle, but it's like, if people are like, Oh, Jared, Jared Fogel is just misunderstood. People are just misinterpreting his, uh, lost <laughs> for, uh, uh, preteen girls. There's no misinterpretation there. I don't know, Fro. And when, when you hear the Dalai Lama tried to suck a kid's tongue, did you misinterpret that at all? Did you stop to think if it meant something else?
3: Uh, no, no, not really. <laughs> it definitely, you know, it gives me like, you know, like remember back in the day, the Catholic priest vibes, that kind of deal. I mean, that's
2: still a problem too. I mean, I think uh, it was it was, Massachusetts? I think had the worst of it though. Like the the, the worst yeah. cases came from uh, yep. from Massachusetts. My, uh, you know, my father, he's a, you know, he's a man of God. He's a, he's a Jesus man, Ned Flanders, as I affectionately call him. And, uh, you can imagine what he went through because, uh, the church that we went to in town growing up, uh, one of the, the our priest, the guy that ran the place was, uh, one of the prominent figures in that whole scandal. And, you know, the early aughts,
3: uh, thank goodness I wasn't part of that church. Yeah.
2: And then the, I, one, at least one of the guys, that, like the substitutes, because we have like a rotating list of uh, priests, reverends, until they settled on someone permanent, and at least one of the substitutes was also caught up in the scandal.
3: What, like, what? That's the, how things were back then, man. Like, what the fuck is like even going on? Like, what's going through your mind? Uh, mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least.
2: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah,
3: but I mean, aren't I don't know about I mean, my my pastor or whatever, he's allowed to have a wife and and like kids and stuff. Like they, they let you live normal lives. So maybe something about like the, the the celibacy in the uh of the Catholic priests or whatever. Yeah, but they are supposed to be celibate. Right? I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't pay that close attention, but
2: I think reverence can have families like they don't have to take the vow of celibacy. I, I think if you want to be a full blown Catholic priest, then you can't marry. You have to take the vow of celibacy. And I think that just like, you're literally suppressing your urges. You're suppressing your male, natural male urges, but the the way you're going about trying to satiate
3: them is not the way of going about them. No, definitely weird things. And I mean, I, I can't, can't it's not worth going too deep into it. Obviously it happened a while ago, but it's just like, like good and bad, right. And wrong, you know, you're kind of as a priest supposed to hold up to those a little bit, just a bit, allegedly, you know, what do I know? Do you get to the point now? Where you I, just, I'm only a certified reverend, just like you, Mr. Gill. Oh yes. But that's the universal <laughs> life
2: church. I mean, the universal life church does not, uh, listen,
3: crit- <laughs> listen, the
2: rock went there. Okay. Like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> there's plenty of very famous
2: people who have gone through that church. Well, I think a friend of the show, Mike Shue, actually went through that. Cause I know there he's, uh, he's uh, officiating wedding. Fuck you guys.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so this article goes on to say from uh, insider.com. It's unclear when the video in question was recorded, but the clip started circulating on social media in recent weeks. Showed the 87-year-old spiritual leader kissing a boy on the lips, ugh, uh, uh, before caressing the child's chin and pressing their foreheads together at an event. Moments later, the Dalai Lama pats the boy on the arm and says, "Suck my tongue," while sticking his tongue out, leaning in. <laughs> how do you, how do you try to justify that? How do you try to say it was mis- People are misinterpreting what they're seeing
3: man it's it's a weird one it's a weird one not our culture
2: luckily uh penpa i'm going to wow i'm going to screw his name up uh <laughs> penpa sering the head of the the tibetan government in exile defended the spiritual leader to reporters on thursday during an event at the indian capital of new delhi according to cnn he says his holiness has always lived in sanctity following the life of a buddhist monk including celibacy his years of spiritual practice have gone beyond sensorial pleasures uh he then says his holiness is now being labeled all kinds of names
3: gee i wonder why that reads a little bit like an anime character like he's his power level it's surpassed all the other power levels <laughs> known to <laughs> other you know, other strange haired people he's just he's a dragon ball character now <laughs> exactly he has all seven dragon balls
2: he can do what he wants dalai Lama is freaking out he's like no 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 the young lad you see he was injured i was giving him sensu beans and the only way he could take them
3: was by uh, uh licking them off my tongue where <laughs> i had already eaten them and i was regurgitating <laughs> them like a bird
2: <laughs> His baby burning a kid oh my god
3: <laughs> oh jesus see Christ. that's all they really meant we figured it out right yeah totally no. totally logical the price you
2: pay uh to to be recovered via sensu beans <laughs> but for the uninitiated the anime dragon ball uh, dragon ball z and the like uh sensu beans if you're uh gravely injured then ingesting a sensu bean will bring you back to 100 percent
3: health yep and give you back your strength Great for pivotal moments in fights where you think the good guy is about to die, but he's not about to die.
2: Yeah. These moments happen uh, once every seven episodes where the other six are just a uh, filler where you just watch
3: the characters train for a battle that will eventually happen. Uh, they either train or they have dialogue between them and the boss that spans several hours. They're just floating in the air, talking back to each other. It's a masterpiece. Absolute masterpiece. It's, it's glorious. Yes. Pinnacle. But those four minutes of actual animation you get are pretty good. Oh yeah. Oh my in god. In between yeah. the seven episodes. Uh
2: the article from Insider here goes on to say the Dalai Lama, a noble peace laureate, don't you know? Apologized in a statement posted to Twitter uh this past Monday. It says, Quote, a video clip has been circulating that shows a recent meeting when a young boy asked his holiness the Dalai Lama if he could give him a hug. His holiness wishes to apologize to the boy and his family, as well as as many friends across the world for the hurt his words may have caused. Uh, The kid asked for a hug and uh, he didn't necessarily get a hug.
3: Well, that's pretty bad. Like I'm supposed to at least give the kid a hug.
2: I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound like, you know, every other redneck that lives in our country, but I guarantee you if this was like that happened here, you would see, like that, like, that dude would get decked, the Dalai Lama. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know I'm talking about the Dalai Lama getting his ass kicked, but that, like, if that happened here, that dude would be on the ground. Someone would be swinging. Uh, the statement goes on to say, His Holiness often teases people he meets in an innocent and playful way, even in public and before cameras. He regrets the incident.
3: Dude, that's how Me Too started. Yeah, right? The whole Me Too movement. Again, it just happened here. Like, what are we? Are we canceling the Dalai Lama now? Might be. But but Mr. Gillick goes on to say it could be pro-Chinese sources. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, blame everything on them. (laughs) The election was stolen, too. They were behind the video going viral on social media.
2: I like, dude. You can't blame this
3: on anybody.
2: I mean, the video's there. It's on. uh, At least they're not saying the Chinese tried to doctor it because it doesn't look like it was doctored. Uh, But someone recorded it, and then they posted. Like, you know, it could have been the kid's family. You know, Uh, the kid's like parents probably was like, "Whoa!" Like, probably posted on social media. It was like, "Oh, look at this, uh, this joyous, momentous meeting between uh, my child." the future doctor and uh the dalai lama and then uh the, the, someone takes a video and posts it on like hey listen to this dalai lama's trying to suck this kid's tongue because there's someone in this there's like a translator there too who's saying like they, they hear what the dalai lama says and then they translate it into english and it's heard clear as day
3: <laughs> <laughs> being the live translator for that right like all right and this and this and oh And and this, I guess I'm Ron Burgundy. (laughs) I wonder if like when you're a
2: translator, if you like have to hesitate uh, or if you just like, yeah, if it really is just like a Ron Burgundy moment where you just have to just say out loud everything that, you know, the person is saying and doing. I don't know how that works. You you
3: must have. There's got to be. I don't know. It's a good question. It's got to be some sort of delay. But I'm sure the delay is like not long enough where you really get to think about what like you're you're busy translating, right? You're just putting word A and word B like babble fish back in the day, you know? Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see how you'd say that. And then like maybe second guess that you say that and then like be like, did I translate that right? <laughs> like, did did I even like, <laughs> did I screw up or, or did the Dalai Lama really just say that? Like, you know, I, uh, I, I, would be I... shreds of doubt for sure.
2: I mean, if this was happening in America, this dude would get canceled because I was just reading a story today about how uh, actor F. Murray Abraham was fired from the Apple TV show Mythic Quest. Um, I guess he was fired a while ago and they did a send off uh, episode for his character. I guess his character plays like a a pretty massive role on that show. But (laughs) the the guy, I guess, behind the scenes was I don't know if he was like really getting physical with any women, but he was definitely at least saying things that were making women uncomfortable. And there were enough complaints generated that he was removed from the show. I mean, this has happened with a lot of older celebrities, especially.
3: Oh yeah. Seems like, I mean, it just goes, to Joe is probably way worse back in the day and it was much more normalized back then. Yeah. So if, like, if you're, if like, They're really, I I mean, if you're the dolly mommy and you're saying, uh, Hey there, nice
2: to meet you. Come give me a hug. Come shove your hand down my pants. (laughs) Like there's really nothing like, I mean, sure. Someone, someone's going to laugh at that, but the days of, uh, this are, uh, long
0: past you ever been in a cockpit before (laughs) you ever seen a grown man naked. God. Yeah, yeah, what that a movie. Yeah,
2: that's that's a one way ticket to hell, right there. <laughs> the it, Dalai Lama's about to lose his
3: spiritual enlightenment or whatever. Is that revocable? Can they do that?
0: I'd be like,
2: I don't know. I don't know. Like, what happens if like this guy? What happens when this guy passes away and who like the next Dalai Lama is? But this would just be like because the guy's eighty seven years old. You know, unless he has another you know fifteen years left in him if this is nearing the end of the road for him, this is not the note you want to go
3: out on. No, definitely not. There's worse ways. There's better ways. There's, there's worse ways, but there's better ways to go out. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: at least uh, not committing an act of terrorism. I guess there's, there's that not That's like true. it's any better,
3: but ah, crap. I accidentally opened Pandora's box, spread the diseases all over my bad guys. Well, there's the, uh, there's the,
0: uh,
2: I guess the not the moral. Well, the the moral of the story is: is if you're a spiritual leader, don't abuse it. Don't abuse children. um, And if you're the Dalai Lama, uh, stick to enlightenment.
3: Yep. Yep. Keep tongues out of out of children's mouths. They don't belong there. I I was uh, so I don't know if if you knew this, but uh, the
2: definitive lineup of Blank One Eighty Two reunited. And they performed their first show at Coachella this past Friday. And it was live streamed. So you best believe I watched it. Nice. And Tom DeLonge multiple times joking in, in, in the, the joking banter that I've missed so much was talking about the Dalai Lama kissing booth at Coachella, <laughs> which I should disclaim didn't exist but uh, according to Tom DeLonge, the Dalai Lama there was asking for a lot more than just having his tongue sucked. My word. (laughs) I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. (laughs) When I saw this article today about like the the fallout now from the Dalai Lama, I'm just like, oh my God, that's what Tom was talking about? Like first first it was aliens and now it's the Dalai Lama. Tom was right. (laughs) Tom knew all along. All right, so there's that um when we return uh for all i do want to pick your brain about the new metallica album um and also a, a band that i very much like is going to be dropping some new music hopefully but uh, not which you would entirely expect from that oh so uh we'll have that for you coming up stick around
0: Work that sucker to them. Come on now, work that sucker to them. Hardly Focused. You are listening to the Solid Listen Podcast Network. Morrissey is the human equivalent of crypto. He's a risk. This podcast is
2: Hardly Focused. Uh, Kiss me a lot. Kiss my ass a lot. Oh, you suck so much. With your clever song titles and your wordplay. Me just murdered. Shut up.
0: You are listening to Hardly Focused. Your friend in a coma. You should be in a coma. Hear more at HardlyFocused.com. Oh,
2: I hope someone hits you with a bus. We are Hardly Focused, uh, Fro and I, on uh, Off Air, we were just talking about how eating meat is imperative to human survival, and... Uh then that production piece plays where I went on a tangent about Morrissey and just how much I hate Morrissey and then um you know Morrissey just doesn 't like meat he doesn't eat meat he actually refuses to play venues where they serve meat
3: wow that much that that's stringent
2: huh yeah yo he Morrissey sucks he's an asshole he just like he cancels shows he for for really like he at least gives a reason but it's because like the wind was blowing in the wrong direction.
3: Don't uh, like the color of M and M's that was served earlier in lunch. This <laughs> tour is done. <laughs>
2: you know how uh, I don't know if you heard this, but a few months ago, um, or actually, I guess it was just last month. Uh, Robert Smith from the Cure um, got really pissed off at Ticketmaster and was actually because he bitched and complained about it enough was able to get Ticketmaster to like partially refund anyone that bought tickets to the cures upcoming tour. Nice. Yeah. He was pissed because it like uh, the Cure hasn't been on tour in a while. And uh, you just know how it is with shows now. How expensive everything is. Oh yeah. It's insane. And uh, the cure negotiated to have like ticket prices with, you know, little to no
3: service charges appended.
2: And then Ticketmaster went and did it anyway.
3: Of course. Of course. They've got their blanket rates or their blanket policies, and they don't care if you're one famous artist or not. They're just going to do it.
2: So so Robert Smith bitched about it enough. Ticketmaster uh, relented and agreed to partially refund people. I'm going to their Boston show, so I got like, like $5 back or something. And they had some really hey, five bucks is
3: five bucks. Oh,
2: hell yeah. I didn't spend that all in one place, I'll tell you that. That's uh that's like five hundred bucks for me. But uh yeah, and then Ticketmaster just had such a passive aggressive statement about it too in the email I got. I'm like, This is all because of Robert Smith. And I'm like, No, it's cause you guys suck. You're pred- <laughs> your predators, you're you're all garbage.
3: The original scalpers
2: and robert smith was right to call you out on it. uh so there's a page i follow called the hard times which is kind of like the kind of like the onion and they posted something a few days ago robert smith negotiates with ticketmaster to cancel morrissey tour dates. <laughs> oh i wish that was just uh, i wish that was the truth. <laughs> i wish it was real. it's not real, but i wish it was <laughs> cuz morrissey sucks. um That uh, music that I was playing coming out of the break too, that was Audio Slave, uh, which uh, featured Chris Cornell, the late Chris Cornell. And uh, news, big news broke today that uh, the members of Soundgarden and Chris Cornell's widow, Vicky Cornell, they have reached a settlement that uh, pretty much loosens all sorts of legal drama and restrictions that have been in place since chris passed away in 2017
3: i don't know how familiar you are with any of this uh yeah no i mean well i wasn't aware of the legal battles but obviously knew of chris cornell's passing and stuff like that but
2: oh that fucking ruined me dude i just i that was around the time i finally was like dude i need to get like mental help of my own um because that was like Obviously, I've lost like family members. You know, we we've had people that we've known personally that we've grown up with that have passed away. But for some reason, just reading that, like, you know, the, one of my favorite musicians that I grew up with just just wasn't there anymore, and just because he took his own life, was like that was like, I don't. Know, this sounds like pretentious, but that was like the that was the punch that knocked me out. That was the right. that that was the KO for me. But there's been issues like i guess like cornell's widow is uh i guess she's a bitch <laughs> i don't know i just know, i guess there's no other way to put it i mean she was like she had locked the Soundgarden members out of their own band's social media accounts
3: Ooh, uh, so i assume she had full rights over at the time at least full rights over how all that played out yeah yeah they're, they're
2: she she had like ownership the things but she was not uh, I guess being reasonable with the band and how she was going to share that stuff with them. They, they were able to eventually get at the very least access to their social media, but there were, there was just like problem after problem. It's very reminiscent of after Kurt Cobain died and mm, yep. the problems between Courtney love and uh, the members of Nirvana. But uh consequence summarized it pretty well. It said the legal spats between Vicky Cornell and the remaining members of Soundgarden got Progressively uglier after Vicky initially sued the members of Soundgarden in December 2019, accusing them of falsely claiming ownership of seven unreleased songs and withholding royalties from her. Wow. Uh, so the the two big things that uh, were were contested here: <laughs> the social media accounts, and then there's effectively a Soundgarden album that was never it was never finished. But just mention that there's seven songs on it that are, I guess, in
3: various stages of completion. Oh, man. It's going to be like opening a time capsule. I'm interested to see what. what. Wow. Uh... Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah.
2: What we got here. It's um, It it's, sounds like we're finally going to get it. It sounds like uh, as of today, according to the uh, Consequence article, Soundgarden and the estate, of the late Chris Cornell have reached a, quote, amicable out-of-court resolution. Reconciling the long-running legal disputes between the two parties. And uh, one of the points of contentions was the final recordings that Chris Cornell did with Soundgarden. So that means probably within the next year, we will finally get that in some form. I don't know if it's they're going to pull the cranberries and just assemble it uh, using whatever Chris had recorded up to that point and and release it as the final album or if they'll because lincoln park is doing this they did like a uh a meteora re-release and there's like a a whole disc of just lincoln park songs that have never been released before and right um they're billing them
3: as new tracks but they were recorded 20 years ago so if if, i mean if they were good enough or technically they didn't get released probably because they weren't good enough for their final albums but you know it's always nice to see those things right It is.
2: Yeah, that's uh, because
3: that's sort of one thing that bands will do. Like, I think Weezer does this
2: a lot where they just record a shit ton of music and then they just have enough for like four albums. And that's why we get a new Weezer or sometimes four Weezer albums in a year is because (laughs) there's just so much material that they record. So that's uh, that, that could be, I mean. Uh, I know Blink-182 did the same thing a few years ago. Uh, the Soundgarden, I know they were like really in the process of uh, of, of recording stuff. So it, this will truly be like the final stuff that we're going to hear. I don't know how soon it was recorded it's... before Chris died, but like, it's not like, so going back to Nirvana, there's that track, you know, you're right, which uh, that came out in 2002 You know, eight years after Kurt had died, but it was recorded quite literally like a month before Kurt died. Damn. So it's just so weird to hear that stuff. Just knowing that,
3: like, it's it's, in this day and age, it's like the celebrities last tweet before they die. Right. Like, man, they only had X amount of time to live and they were just chugging along. Like, you know, you wouldn't know at the time you listen to it. You see it. You're part of part of the communications. But, yeah, yeah, that's like ghost walking almost. I think the
2: most morbid one and i don't know if you're familiar with lance reddick but um he just passed away recently and uh his i mean he had posted something on his like his instagram like two hours before he died and he just Jeez. like it was a very sudden death and it wasn't anything about like you know anything health related or 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 what it's just dude, was just like doing what he normally did and then just pfft, that was it no footlongs <laughs> It shot off the back of a <laughs> set of bleachers. Oh my god! <laughs> um, so I've been I'm I'm gonna play this clip, but I've been pushing this for a long time, and I'll continue to push it. I think it was Record Store Day. I want to say it was 2021, maybe it was 2020, but it was um uh the most recent music that we've actually received from Soundgarden, and it wasn't necessarily new. It was the members of Soundgarden re-recorded two of their songs. One of which being Black Hole Sun and the other one I'm about to play, which is Searching with My Good Eye Closed. But uh Brandy Carlisle uh sang on the tracks, which hmm. is is sort of an unlikely collaboration, but she's a diehard Soundgarden fan and she uh like she is still very vocal about wanting to she's performed with like the members a few times, and she's very vocal about like, look, I want Soundgarden to get back together and I want to front it. Right. Like I want to do it as a tribute to to Chris. And I'm like of fucking lootly, please. Like I need this. This is uh, this is what uh, some of the uh, the collaboration sounded like.
0: Is it too slow?
3: But I'm kind that's, of. It's a good spin onto it. It's
2: not bad. Oh my god, it's great! It's on Spotify, man. It's just it's just those two songs, um, and it's under if you search for uh, Brandy Carlile, uh, it comes up under uh, nice. I think it's under singles or EPs. But uh, I also like I got a thing for bands that got chick singers, so um, like that already gets a lot of points in my book. But then just knowing it's just two powerhouses collaborating right. and coming together. But yeah, we I we're we're finally getting together. Yeah, we're finally gonna close that uh finally close the book on Soundgarden. So I'm looking forward to that.
3: Yeah, it'll be it's that'll be definitely want to hear that when it comes out.
2: Now it's one of my favorite bands. Uh oh, one of your favorite bands, uh from, from growing up, continues to put music out and they just did uh this past Friday, and that was Metallica.
3: Ah uh, yes, of course. Yep. Seventy two seasons. Those guys going strong. We we had to look it up on the break, but uh, what was it? 80 83 right yeah their first
2: album yeah kill them all 1983 and then here we are in 2023 30 years later and we're, we're still getting new music from them uh not as frequently as we were getting it you know when they were younger but they're still doing it and they're still <sighs> cranking out seven minute long epics
3: yeah power ballads for sure
2: <laughs> now you're familiar you're most familiar with the single that they put out uh, last year which is Aeterna."
3: yeah, yeah this dropped it out of nowhere nice now uh
2: from what you've heard of that uh would you argue it sounds more like classic metallica
3: oh yeah absolutely i mean this isn't this isn't a sane anger or anything like that they they got their shit together. They they got their sound back together and and put it back to where you know I think a lot of their fan base really like to hear it. And I get it. It's not it's not all about the fans. It's what they want to make too. But you know, I think they can take more pride in in putting out what they've put out so far. You know, especially this this many years. You know, how many bands you know really fall off the edge or falter, you know, trying to put stuff together this long.
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot of bands, a lot of legacy bands out there. Just uh, ha- you know sometimes like they'll they'll put like one off singles out, or maybe we got something new from them in the last decade, but then they they just you know they'll open limit like they'll still tour and they'll still perform, but then they'll say like every time we try to record something new, it just doesn't happen. we just can't right. do it, and then there's other there's other bands like this that like Metallica that are just now again it's it's been oh God like seven years since our last album um maybe even longer uh
3: but they're still doing it they are yeah what was that like a song a year that how many are on this album um i think like 10 maybe 9 or 10 it's not bad yeah so it's a song in a quarter of a year yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i the, the way i see it well let me ask you this first what would you say was uh metallica's like last great album great
3: album i mean the black album I would say it was their peak. Um, they had some okay tracks on other albums, but I think Black Album was the last time they put out an album where every song sounded good, right? It was, it was undeniable, the whole whole thing. Yep. Um, I agree with you.
2: I agree, and I, I would also agree or, or argue that 72 Seasons, their new album, is the best one that they've put out since the black album so that's 32 years wow uh 32 years yeah wow my math is bad 40 years since kill em all 32 <laughs> years since uh the black album but yeah i mean that's that's got to say something right there when there's that long of a gap and then you you drop something you your your right. output is um like just it's just that strong if not stronger and the thing that sucks is just because of the way that people pick up music now the way the the way that cuz this is like what sucks about like com- modern commercial radio is that you're probably never going to hear any of this music on the radio on any of the rock stations that are nope. left you're never
3: going to hear any yeah, of Yeah what these. few ones are actually out there
2: Exactly you're not going to hear Lux Eterna you're not going to hear uh any of the tracks from 72 seasons you're still going to hear Enter Sandman and you're still going to hear Nothing Else Matters yep. which okay but like recognize that there's equally better, if not much better, modern music from the same band that is very accessible.
3: Absolutely, I mean, shoot, they could play stuff from the old albums that they don't just play every day on the radio. That's what kills me about the radio. It's like, cool, you've got the same two songs for ten years before you might add a third one in there. You know, it's like, come on.
2: Yeah, it's the, it's a combination of how they they do ratings now because it's all it's all digital so it's very very precise and then the focus groups that they do focus groups are just full of idiots like if you ever get roped into a focus group uh especially if it's like one where they're like playing music for you they're gonna play like newer tracks right it'd be like one of these things like metallica they'll play like enter sandman and then they'll play luxeterna Pick Lux Eterna. Do not pick Enter Sandman. Because <laughs> the problem is people, they'll just pick like people in and be like, oh, uh, wh- which of these two, you know, play like uh, Sweet Child of Mine and then uh, Hard School, which was a Guns N' Roses track that came out last year. And uh, you'll, then you'll be asked, which of the two did you like? And and people will be like,
0: well. I know that I know "Sweet Child of Mine," mm-hmm.
2: so I like that one. And that's the reason why "Sweet Child of Mine" is still playing on the radio to this day, and that's why you hear
3: it like four times a day.
2: And that's <laughs> why that's why like, th- did your ears just perk up when I said Guns N' Roses song that came out last year?
3: Yeah, I mean, shoot, there you go.
2: <laughs> it was the first. Uh, it, now, technically, now here's the, there's a, there's, a, there's a stipulation here. It's a leftover track from Chinese Democracy. Oh, okay. But it's freshly recorded with uh, Slash and Duff, effectively nice. making it the first uh, music that they have contributed to since the mid '90s for Guns N' Roses. But you probably you didn't even know it doesn't play on the radio. Like, who the hell cares? Right. <laughs> so, uh, but well, I know you, you've you've heard bits and pieces of 72 seasons. Definitely take some time. Take the 77 minutes to. Sit down and listen to it because I I listen to it and that's one of those ones that like I'm definitely like a one and done very rarely do I like go back when I finish an album do I go back and say oh my god I got to listen to that again um I know I feel like I've done it recently and I can't remember what band I recently did that with but Metallica is one of those ones where I'm like you know what tomorrow I'm gonna listen to it at work while I'm working because I mean, that'll chew up an hour of my day right there, almost two hours. But then right. <laughs> um, that's how good it is. I didn't do that with Hardwired to Self Destruct. That was the last Metallica oh, album yeah, that no. came out.
3: Yeah. yeah. Those, those are definitely the ones you give a single listen and you're just like, ah, that's cool. Put it on the shelf. Yep. Think. Like, Here's the way I see it
2: is uh, so you have the Black album, then you have Load and Reload, which were uh, products of the era in which they came out yeah it was the mid 90s and it was definitely influenced by the more alternative sound that uh was prominent and lo- it was less metal and then you had saying anger, which was the result of rehab yep. and, and poor decisions and and then we got <laughs> we got this out of it. And then we had stupid Lars trying to explain why the drum sounds like that.
0: This is how you take a normal, good-sounding snare drum and turn it into the, the complete um, abortion of St. Anger. Okay, sure, are you ready? Yeah. ready. So it's, what you do is you disconnect. You see that thing right there? Yeah. That's called a snare. That's the actual yeah. snare. Yeah. So, um... Rock and roll? St. Anger. That's simple. <laughs> oh
2: god. Thanks, Lars. Uh. <laughs> you take off to Snare, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm from Denmark, man. <laughs> yeah, so then we had St. Anger. I now I distinctly remember it with you, sir, biking around town when that came out. Yep. I remember we were exactly where we were. We were in the parking lot of the church that I used to go to on our bikes, and you were like, "Hey, man, you got to listen to the new Metallica album. You probably really like the drums in it." <laughs>
3: yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, what? I had no clue what good drumming was back then. All right. <laughs> yeah, wh-
2: <laughs> you like the drums in it? Yeah, would I? Uh, and then, uh, then we got *Death of Magnetic* in 2008, and that was the way I see it is that was supposed to be like an apology. Um, where like Metallica was trying to say, like, "Hey, look, we can still put out songs that sound like Metallica." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I see what you're getting at." And then the drums sound okay, but next time, why don't you try putting out something good? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then "Hardwired to Self-Destruct" not bad, but it just like it was just there, right? You know, there's nothing really special. It wasn't really memorable. I
3: I I wonder how many of those are like, "Ah, guys, we got a contract coming up." They like, like, oh, squeeze yeah. some stuff out real quick. So, you know, they don't get angry at us for not putting out music in time. Yeah.
2: They did that with, uh, there's, there's an EP that came out in 2011 called beyond magnetic, which I think was just a, you know, a contractual obligation. It's like yeah. four tracks that didn't fit on death magnetic. Not because of like, you know, oh, these, these songs didn't, you know, we we felt that they didn't fit in sequentially with the whole album. Like, no, it literally like you can't have more than 78 minutes. <laughs> of music on a CD and we literally couldn't fit these songs it just took literally they don't work literally but it took three years for them to put it out so uh, yeah I would argue that 72 seasons is that's the Metallica that we've been waiting to get since
3: 1991 nice that is awesome so I hope you can see they're still enjoying it too
2: yeah, oh my god yeah I mean they'll, they'll be doing
3: this they'll be doing this until they all die Probably, I mean, I, forty years, man. I, I mean, I don't want to work for forty years. No offense, like yeah. you know, they got into too early and they've been doing it for a long time. So, and I, I
2: can honestly see them being like the monkeys, where like one by one, every member dies, and there'll still be oh like the last one living is still going on tour and still performing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hope you like it when you sit down and you give it a full listen. I hope you enjoy it. Oh, definitely. And, waiting uh, for
3: it for a nice long day where I can sit down, like you're saying, and actually get through it all in one go. And
2: shout out to, uh, Nicole who helps run solid. Listen, the network that our fine show is on. And, uh, when she was reading the episode description of our Patreon episode from last week, she got very excited to see that Metallica was mentioned and, uh, started texting me about how big of a fan she is. And I told her, I'm like, Hey, look, uh, we make fun of Lars a lot on, hardly focus i just need you to know because i was like uh don't don't be getting too excited don't be getting too excited we talked about metallica because usually it's never in the most positive context (laughs) right
3: at least not in the last few years
2: and she says to me quote true fans make fun of them too there you go see
3: so there we go
2: all right sir it's uh late for us i appreciate you staying
3: up of course i've got dishes to wash uh once again it is not done yet
2: once again happy birthday to you
3: thank you i'm old now uh
2: and congratulations once again on uh your uh upcoming fatherhood that's incredibly Uh, exciting The extra
3: proof that i'm old yeah
2: (laughs) i can't believe there's gonna be a little girl fro running around
3: gosh how am i going to raise a child damn
2: i don't know man and no one knows i I mean i i you know don't take any advice from me because i had a vasectomy but um (laughs) i'm fine i'm perfectly content with the dogs i have i get the dog that's sitting becky's dog i I gave him a bone and he's been quiet for the last like 40 minutes so gotta love it (laughs) if that's that's all it's required then uh then so be it i'll take that but i will live vicariously through your children as i have lived through mike's and my cousins and that's the way to do it but i'll i'll leave the diaper changing and the uh temper tantrums to you
3: yep oh yeah no worries i'm gonna get the vending machine that uh changes the diapers hell yeah i like that don't know if it exists but i'm gonna go look for one <laughs> how
2: what the hell is that kid's gonna sound like when it's crying you know most kids sound like Wah! you know like that when they're crying your kid's gonna sound like
3: Now, <laughs>
0: <"Bah." laughs>
3: now, no, eat your spuds <laughs> Kid's going to be eating potatoes
2: out of the womb. He's going to be like, Dad, what is this joke about potatoes? And let's never tell her.
3: <laughs> it's like, oh, it's it's serious. It's a very serious matter. Let's never tell. <laughs> I mean, let's never
2: even tell the salt listen listeners about the potatoes. Uh, sorry, no.
3: guy. Can't make it. My mom's cooking potatoes that night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh,
2: I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Of course. All right, uh, And for the rest of you, uh, we appreciate you as well. If there's anything that we talked about in this episode that you would like to uh, comment on, leave feedback on, um, Fro's house almost getting broken into, uh, the Boston Marathon, the Dalai Lama getting canceled, uh, Soundgarden Metallica, uh, feel free to leave comments, questions, feedback, what have you at hardlyfocused.com slash contact with that. We'll talk at you next time. The bye.
0: Goodbye. may not have happened. This has been a presentation of the Solid Listen Podcast Network.